Welcome back to the Free Mind Podcast. This is part two of Woke BuzzFeed News Goes After Dan, Kathy, and Trilith. Hope you guys enjoy. She goes on to quote Kiyina uh, Otober right here, okay. who says, uh, quote, it is reality, all of us waving to one another and getting along until you step out of line. Once you step out of line, which is essentially what we have done, that's when you see the other reality behind the reality, the darker side, the side where there is still white supremacy going on. Mm. And I wonder, because white supremacy is another one of those phrases that have been radically redefined, and it can mean anything from, you know, real right, what we used to call white supremacy, which is it's white supremacy, yeah. and the modern version, which is science is white supremacy. <laughs> And so you don't hey, know what is what right. does she mean two by plus that? Two is white and, who, and who is she talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what is you know who are these people? Um, I wish you know sometimes when when these conversations are going on, you really have to get in the details and figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to read these stories in depth, but I will mention you know some of the the broad outlines of it. That this is a family. She's talking about where apparently they had some water damage in their house, and they okay. kept calling. Um, the, the company there at Trilith uh, and they weren't able to get it fixed. And supposedly there's a white neighbors down the road that got it fixed quickly. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. Neighbors around them got it fixed too. There seemed to be the only one, the only town home that didn't get fixed unquote, you know, this guy named Craig that said that. Okay. Um, now with a case like that, how do you figure out if there's racism? If you want to invest now, if you're CRT automatic, you don't have to ask any questions, but if you're, if you're trying to do a biblical case of saying, okay, was this motivated by racism? What do we have to find out? You're going to need to probably ask like, okay, who took the calls? Sure. Did the people, did did the people taking the calls know they were black? Why didn't they set up for their house to be fixed? What was the what was the chain in there that broke down? Mm-hmm. You've got to do that investigation because there could be all kinds of reasons. We just you know could have been oversight. They could be a bad worker. She could be yeah. uh, you know a bad administrator. Didn't take the note well. Whatever whatever happened. Um, but we but we definitely don't know from the story as it's presented here. We don't have any confidence that it was racism by itself. No doubt. And when you look at you know sometimes you look at reviews of companies with bad customer service and it just yeah. says bad customer service. Right. It doesn't say racial or anything racial. It just gives a rating on their services. And so, um, but if you're African-American or black, you walk in there, you can assume you, if you're critical race theorists, you'll assume, okay, they are racist, even though they have a reputation of just having poor service. It's because of racism right. towards you. If you and, walk in there. Yeah. And it does take a discipline of mind, right? Yeah. Cause I've done that before. Like I've, you know, it's easy to get in that mentality, like of where what, you assume. You um, trying to think, you know, like, like, even with Christianity, you can say, "Oh man, they 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 didn't do this because I'm a Christian." But I really, uh, didn't, I wasn't careful in that case you're right. to to think through that um, and and just see, man, or maybe they're just bad at their job, or you know, there maybe you there's a, there are other plausible explanations that I need to consider. Unless I have extra evidence, it, it requires more than just simply. 
we didn't get our house fixed and the white people down the street did. For As sure. a Christian, like, oh, the atheist yeah. got his stuff fixed first. And, and, <laughs> or, you know, people do right. that when they, when they go sure. in and they, they, yeah. they uh, put their to, name in for ooh, a table. That's good. Yeah. You notice that, like, for sure. How long if somebody goes in before them, they'll assume, like, oh, yeah. man, they're being prejudiced against yeah, me. Yeah. And they'll draw whatever conclusion they think right away. No doubt. Instead of being disciplined of mind sure. to say, okay, let me investigate this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's what Sam say said in one of his articles, like he had to even fight that. Like he was walking down this dark alley and this girl kind of shuddered when he walked by her and like recoiled, like she was mm-hmm. scared. And he thought, man, you know, he was mad cause he thought she did that cause he was black. And then he felt later, he was like, you know what? I shouldn't assume that maybe she got scared cause I'm a man, I'm a big man and it's night, mm-hmm. you know? I, I, and he was just, he was reminding himself that, Biblically, we have to be epistemologically virtuous. We have to be, um, we have to want truth so much that we sometimes deny those snap judgments that are right there and kind of easy, dangling low fruit. Yeah. And the hard part of that is sometimes there's reason to be wise and to recoil. If you're walking down a dangerous uh, neighborhood or so, you'd be a, a fool to to not be smart, to not look at your surroundings and not take steps towards safety. And so it's like, we can't throw our scruples out the window. We have to be, we have to use our, our, our discernment. You have to yeah. be wise in all manners, but you have to be Christ-like in your wisdom and wield it to the, the best place possible. Be gracious until proven otherwise, not to be gracious. Okay. No, 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 for, for sure. And so yeah, that's, that's not to say like, yeah, there aren't scenarios where sure. you can tell like something's racist going on. And some people are really good at picking up subtleties. Like we all, I've you know, we all develop racist. those things. Yeah, for sure. It's um, like, yeah. Yeah. We're not saying it's not real. It's just. We're right just now, saying yeah. it's red glasses. So we don't know until we do. It, we have to know more in mm-hmm. this case than mm-hmm. simply the fact. And, and she's trying to weave together this cumulative case to show that it's characteristic of Trilith or it's essential to Trilith. Yeah. It's everywhere in Trilith. Racism. It's a big old lie. The problem is like, even if you put eight flimsy things together, you still have eight flimsy things. Mm-hmm. You don't have eight strong things that are coming together to create this, this strong argument. Sure. It's like leaky buckets. Like you put one leaky bucket, you put water in it, you catch, you put another leaky, but well, the water keeps leaking through just slowly. You don't Mm -hmm. maybe see it, but they're all leaky buckets. And each of each of these examples, except for the ring thing, the, the ring camera that caught the lady. Saying yeah, the now word. that's no each doubt. of these examples are leaky buckets. And the reason is, is because they're reading into it um, in a snap judgment kind of way. And we need to know a lot more sure. about this. It's it, at least as the reader mm-hmm. to be able to draw any kind of conclusion that she wants us to draw. That that in this case that that what, what did she say? Uh, the the plague of racism. It's <laughs> truly that. All right. So there's another person named Gapel here. They go through this and apparently there was a police cruiser that tell their son as he drove home from the basketball court. And, you know, again, the storytelling element, it was the first time they'd seen a cop in their neighborhood. They had no idea who to turn to about what was what they saw as a clear example of racial profiling. Mm -hmm. So keywords there, what they saw, their perception. It was a clear example of racial pro. It doesn't matter what their perception is. Was it racial profiling on the part of the cop? Right. That's the question. Was it an unjust version of racial profiling? Because cops always profile. That's how they stay alive. But was this an unjust racial profiling that was built in some kind of systemic racism where they see every black as a criminal? 
this is interesting as I read on and listen to this. There were no black people involved in the homeowners association. That's another, what is that an allusion to? Racism. Disparity. Yeah. Right. There's, here's the, oh, that again, this is 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 meant to move you in the direction of saying, see, see, it's racist. White supremacy is going on. There's no black people in the homeowners association. Therefore that proves it as well. That's another leaky bucket though. There was no diversity office or citizen advisory board. Thank God. <laughs> um, her husband ended up emailing town president Rob Parker, who responded immediately. A few days, so Rob Parker, he didn't say, "Ah, get over it," did he? What did he do? Let's see. The president, the town president, he yeah. responded immediately, immediately. Responded to the call, okay. uh, to the email. A few days later, Parker put together a meeting with the family in the Fayetteville police. That to me is going over oh, yeah. above and beyond. In a room of white men, why does she say that? Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Again, CRT at work, including the town president and the police chief who Geipel said would not address her or meet her eyes. She felt invisible. She said no real accountability or promise of action came from the meeting. What promise of action should come from the meeting? I ask you to consider (laughs) as you read on. Okay. Fayetteville police told BuzzFeed News... The officer had followed Dylan for a short time after receiving a a report. They received a what? A report. A report that an unauthorized person was using Trillis amenities. Police said the officer stopped. He, He did what? He stopped after checking the car's tag and determining it was registered to a home in the community. So he actually stopped. Okay. After meeting with the Geipel family, the department found the officer had followed policy and state law. Followed policy. So go back up to this. She said no real accountability or promise of action came from Mm. the meeting. The meeting was the accountability to do the investigation. The investigation revealed that they didn't do it. They were responding to a call. Now, the caller might have been racially profiling, but was the police officer racially profiled. He was doing no, his they job. were responding to yeah, a call yeah. and recognized when the tag lived there, he stopped following him. And she wants some kind of promise of action from the meeting. You know, it's it's they've done a good job of making it so that when a cop merely does his job, it is racial profiling every single time. Where where I'm from, if I see a cop, I'm happy to see him. Follow me home. Make sure Listen. I make it safe. You know what I mean? So it's it's become a thing. It's too much. It's like a, a poor officers. They can't do their jobs. They can't keep people safe without being called something or other. And so it's it's a, it's a new day for sure. Yeah, man. I, I want to I need to make that meme. It's been in my head for a while. This is your brain. This is your brain on CRT. <laughs> for sure. um, it, yes. it just, it it's really, a, does. It's, it's such tough. a worldview. It's such a lens that you end up sounding like a crazy person. If you stop and think about what she's saying. Yeah. Now, yeah, you know, was the neighbor out of line? I, you know, again, I don't know. I'd need to investigate. Sure. Maybe, you know, the person was, you know, sometimes these turn out to be even other other people that are ethnic minorities, which is those are really hey, funny cases. You know, um, but you know, you do. You, I don't hear about it much anymore, and it could be going on where you look at people's um, social media and it's all just flooded with uh, racial things and stuff like that. In that case, you could make a case. Yeah. But if a person calling is just calling out of concern and or the officer responding, you know that that's just it's yeah. ludicrous to think that they. Yeah, to make that leap, that assumption. And so that, and that is the problem. So 
here she goes on. Guypel said that the family doesn't blame Trillith. It was the police who should have been more proactive against concerns of racial profile. <laughs> 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 so now we want, uh, now we want the police Pretty to take the time, time and start engaging in uh, what counseling. They like go oh to the neighbor's my. house and, and give them a lesson on racial profile. Oh my I mean, goodness. This is ridiculous. Uh, but she said the town's leadership was unprepared for an experience. Listen to this, that you can only understand if you are a minority. Now, this is one of the one of the central pillars of CRT or critical theory in general, ethnic Gnosticism. So, again, that's the idea that you you have double consciousness or you have an an ability to see things as they really are only if you're in the oppressed side of the binary. Um, So you have a special insight into reality if you're in the oppressed category in any given exchange. So if you're female and you're in it with a male, because they're patriarch, they're patriarchal. Hey, they represent the patriarchy. <laughs> they can't understand. Yeah, and they can't. That's you know, crazy. for instance, they can't speak to abortion issue. Right. Because they're man. They they know. don't have knowledge. They don't have biblical knowledge. It's or also any kind of like knowledge. the believe women hmm. um, mantra came from that thing. Like you just yeah. Because she's on the bottom. She's the victim in this case. Because so. merely because. Gotcha. And, it, okay. and it's connected to this idea. It's not the same exactly, but it's connected to this idea of um, what Vody Bakken calls ethnic Gnosticism. So the idea that your ethnicity gives you special insight into knowledge that other people can't get. And the reason they have to appeal to that here is because clearly the objective data doesn't fit the narrative. Ah, so yes. what you can do in those cases you is just you can pull play that, that card, card. Yeah, pull that and card. say, oh, you can't you understand. just don't get it. Why can't I understand? Well, I'm white. Well, he just said, and he's black. Well, he's the black face of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how it works. That's postmodern. That's the postmodern weapon that's utilized to, to prop okay. up your point of view so nobody can criticize it. Mm-hmm. And that's where Guypel goes on and says, that is the underbelly of the friction, she said. They don't live it, so they don't get it. Mm, mm, mm. The play. No, they don't get it because your case doesn't match. Your ca- it didn't stand up to scrutiny. If you want to grow in your confidence in knowing what you believe and why you believe it, if you want to ground your faith in biblical Christianity and step into who God has called you to be, I want to tell you about a great program put on by Impact 360, and it's called Propel. Propel is a one-week transformational leadership and discipleship experience where high school students gather together to be grounded in a biblical worldview as they learn how to follow Jesus, have a godly influence, learn how to disciple their peers, and boldly live out their faith in their daily lives. So they're having two sessions this summer. The first one is June 19th through the 25th, and the second one is June 26th through July 2nd. These programs fill up really quickly, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we'll put the link below if you're interested in looking into it, and we'll see you this summer. All right, I just want to give one more example here. Uh, It says, in February 2022, entertainment industry veteran Carmen Key decided to permanently relocate from L.A. to Trillith. Key previously worked with BuzzFeed. Hmm, I wonder if she was the, uh, you know, the one to kind of start this whole brouhaha, uh, whose editorial operation is separate from BuzzFeed News. She was attracted to the company Town Life. Her 11-year-old son could walk to school. She was close to her office where she worked as a consultant for a company that provides helicopters for film productions. And they could live in a new house in a close-knit community that had everything she needed. 
But she said that when she got there and settled into her new job or to into her job, she saw there were hardly any other black people or non-black people of color working for the studio or in the building where she and other suppliers had offices. Quote, the majority of black people on the set seemed to be in service positions, cleaning, driving or something of that sort, Key said. So here again, um, could that be the result of racist policies? It could be. Sure. But again, she has the red glasses on, assuming that this is because of the systemic racism that plagues this area. But that just isn't the case. Like, you know, Thomas Sowell's work shows this in spades that you can't draw a straight line from disparity Mm -hmm. to racism or prejudice or unjust laws. Um, There's a lot of questions that go in that. I don't know, you know, who are the people? Are these other executives from Hollywood that are coming in and bringing their crews? And they Mm -hmm. have, you know, are they people that have worked with Chick-fil-A? You know, Chick-fil-A as an organization is, has been connected over the years to the more of the conservative white evangelical Mm -hmm. church if they have more people that know them and are connected, might be more hires because there's all kinds of, are there more sure. people in the area that have been here longer or, and got those jobs? Or there's just so many questions. Maybe they're trying to help people and hire them Absolutely. in um, to these service jobs. And that's a new thing. And they're trying, you know, who, who knows? But again, the idea here, the, the assumption behind it is that there are hardly other, any black people or non-black people of color working for the studio or in the building where she and other suppliers had offices, therefore what? Racism. Racism. That's the assumption. Okay, continuing on. She said she reached out to discuss the lack of diversity with some of Trillith Studios' top leaders and added that an executive told her, quote, we want to have black people here, but we need to have people at a certain level, unquote. Now that quote is so short and seems out of context that you um, you don't really know what, he was saying there, was he saying like it basically these hires were merit merit based hires. And so we can't prop up like we can't engage in tokenism because we need the people to actually be equipped. Was that his response? Who knows? That would be a good one. Like that's what I would say if somebody came to my NBA team was like, Hey, too many black folks got to, got to get some more Asians. I'd say we're here to win championships. (laughs) I'm putting who's best on the court. Right. Uh, you know, I don't have time for your your PC stuff to come yeah. in so you can feel better about yourself and your virtue signaling. Mm. Um, you know, that that I, I just don't know. I don't know what that quote means there by itself. Mm-hmm. So I can't really draw any conclusions from that. Jay Hoffman, who is white, she's really good on. A <laughs> yeah. She really embellishes. I the love sentences. it. Man. This is so funny. Like this is where we at. You know, who is white. Not anything about their ideology. Nope. Their, no like, character Jay Hoffman, comments. Who, who has, you know, a, a background in, in business and a, and a mask. Nope, nope, none of that. <laughs> Jay Hoffman, who Faithful was white. to his wife. Right? None of that. Okay. And served as the town's creative director for about a year and a half before she, she was fired. In her words, oh, a, she. quote, clash of vision in November 2018 echoed Key's experience. Echoed, Okay. She told BuzzFeed News that in, even in Trilla's early days, most of the studio and town employees were white and cut from the same conservative religious cloth. So in the early days of Trillith, most of them were white and conservative evangelicals. Now, yeah, Dan Cathy, Chick-fil-A again. Sure, yeah. Probably most of the people, you know, he rolls with knows. Just like if I went to, you know, when I go to Atlanta, 
for instance, and I, and I, or I worked with Donnie McClurkin. <laughs> I had no expectation that, you know, a 10th of his band, a 20th of his band or a 50th percent of his band had to be other than anything he wanted it to be. Mm. They were all black. That's who he knew. Yeah. That was the, that, they were bad musicians. He hired them. He might've given me a token spot, <laughs> but I was like, I'll take it. You I'll take it there, Bishop. Saying? But you know, this, sure. this idea is like, even with Kirk, like, you know, it's there, there's, this idea that you that you must that you, that's a moral imperative to go out of your way to think racially and hire according oh, to gosh, that yeah. one feature is just nonsense. Yeah, to even have your mind and heart so um, programmed to question that as the number one thing everywhere you go. What is the percentage? What is how how diverse is anything? And not. N- that that's the primary, not character, not um, wholeness, and nothing other than. And I remember that shift happening when I would go out to um, meet friends for coffee or hang out, and race became the number one thing. Even though we live in the kingdom of God, even though Jesus is King, race came first. And I was like, wow, what what a work this thing has done to people's minds. It's like. If you go to church, how diverse is it? If you go to school, how diverse is it? If you own a business, how diverse is it? If you start anything, what diversity is the number one thing? Not does it honor God? What does it, is it real? Is it legit? Is it, is it integral? Race has become yeah. the number one thing in our nation. Interesting yeah, times. And number one. So, you know, if you, if you think about critical theory, Saul's sure. um, the, okay. the, uh, the social binary, oppression through hegemony, um, lived experience, which is the ethnic okay. Gnosticism, and then social justice is the remedy. This is all through this. Mm, yeah. Um, okay. So the social binary, and people that just heard my example with Donnie McClurkin or the NBA, for example, would say that's misguided. Why? Because I'm talking about black folks and they're the oppressed. Sure. So racism okay. can only go one way on this thing, which is why they will hear that and think I'm I'm off my rocker okay. because I haven't used the right example. They say only white people need to diversify or whoever the oppressor is in any yeah. given category. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if there was something unjust done in a particular, particular instance, you need to make restitution for that for mm-hmm. sure. But this just blanket CRT is foolishness. And I'm trying to expose that with these examples. And I also realize that advocates or adherents to critical race theory wouldn't accept them because racism only goes in the one direction, yeah. according to the binary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that that's so important what you said, babe, is like, they have really done a number. Oh, here. it's it's everywhere. It's the number one question asked. Yeah, even to about, you at Liberty yeah. right, when you worked there. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh, that's right. That's what people want to know. How they how diverse diversity is the it's the new rubric. It's not it's not anything to do with character. Yeah. How um, Christian it is, or how biblical, how right, how um, how's it doing? Is it falling apart? Diversity, diversity, diversity is the and number one um, virtue or sin if it's a lack thereof. And it's a funny type of diversity. In the, sure. in the case of race, it's like completely based on, on this, um, what they would even call a construction, a social construction okay. of race. And we've got to make that the thing that we're diverse about. Or your sexual proclivities. 
we got to make that the things you're you're diverse about. And so what they don't want is diversity of opinion with regard to racism. Nope. They don't want, they don't want the, what if you're like, what if you're like, you know what? Trilla doesn't have enough racist people. I heard there's a lady down the street. (laughs) She likes to use the N word a lot. Let's get her in here. Would they say, oh man, that's really diverse. Let's, yeah, let's, no, they don't. It's not, so they, it's a trick of language. And I would say this too, like, Mm -hmm. because they say the intent, this person saying the intent for diversity was at Trillith, but the actions fell short. I'm going to come back to more of this later, but okay. I would say be careful making your intention for anything diversity. Mm. If Trillith is doing that, you're you're really opening yourself up for these types of criticisms. Okay. What you Put need to down. make your intention for is, is to be impartial and be just. Oh, that's good. And babe. be honest. Oh, that's good. And be dignifying of everybody. Every you don't need person. to make your intention diversity. Because if you do, it's gonna, it's, it's or that word is already loaded. It's impregnated with critical theory, mm-hmm. and critical theory will eat you up. Yeah, if that ends up happening as a byproduct, great. But then yes. that making that the number one thing is yes. it falls short of true biblical unity. Yes, in Christ. Yeah, see the see the person. That doesn't mean you ignore like yeah. their awesome culture and where they're from, and that doesn't mean you don't open your mind to like, oh man, there's beautiful things and other mm-hmm. expressions, and, and and enjoying. You can enjoy the diversity of God's creation and the diversity of cultures, insofar as they line up with the ways of Christ. But if you make your aim in something diversity, it's automatically going to take you down a bad road. Mm-hmm. Let that be a byproduct of godliness, and it yeah. will be a beautiful one. Yeah. And, and like we've done that in ministry, like mm-hmm. I've seen churches that have gone after diversity and it inevitably ends up like this. But we, when we ran our young adult ministry, it was like, it, it ended up being super diverse in an ethnic glorious. way. Yeah. Um, and in many ways, many, many more important ways. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people that normally wouldn't have come together. Like you had intellectuals, you had business people, you had mm-hmm. um, people that weren't intellectuals at all, but loved, you know, the arts mm-hmm. and you had them having conversations and it was, it was, it really was very cool. interesting. And you, and, and also, you know, down the road, you, we also probably have one of the most racially diverse ministries, but it was never something we, and, and some people so might say, well, it was it easy for first. you guys because you're an interracial couple may or may not be the case, but either way, I think that um, I've seen I've seen other examples of the same thing when you present the gospel and you live it out. Yeah, people of all ethnic backgrounds will will feel comfortable, even if it's like, man, I don't get this kind of music. It's not my favorite kind mm-hmm. of this. But when there's real fellowship, real koinonia fellowship, mm, that's good. It does it naturally breaks down those walls instead of aiming for this and trying to rig this this radical outcome. Yeah. Forced. Egalitarian. It's, it's so forced, so, man. I hate tokenism. Forced. I hate it. Yeah. Um, okay. But here's, here's a quote here is, you know, starting to wrap up here, but this is the, I think this is uh, the Hoffman lady still. So she said, it seems like there was, and is not enough understanding of what diversity, equity, and inclusion really mean. She said, I tried to get more people of color hired and they told me they don't have the budget for that beyond entry level openings at the time. Well, did they not have the budget to, to hire anybody in those positions at the time? If that's the case, then that's the case. That's mm-hmm. not racism. If they specifically wouldn't hire a person of color because they were a person of color yeah, that's the and would thing. hire someone that's not, then that's racism. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't seem like what she's saying here. And that the way that's worded again is is um, it's um, 
it's rhetorically loaded in the in the in a dishonest direction. I think, but the important part I want to point out with this before we wrap up is this: notice the language here: diversity, equity, inclusion. Those are the those are that's like the holy trinity of critical race theory, <laughs> and every university has to have one of those organizations. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because most of them are terrible, they're they're just Marxist organizations um, that are brainwashing students more than even their classes are. Um, but what they're talking about often in these things is inclusion, is the the, the radical sexual sexual anarchy, mm-hmm. LGBTQ yeah. agenda, equity is often. Um, equality of outcomes, making sure you have the right tokens and people represented in in all strata strata of your leadership board, whether it merits it or not. Diversity, again, we've already talked about that one. Um, So so clearly what's going on here is, is, you know, infused with critical theory. Um, And so I think it's important to recognize what what's happening in an article like this because you'll rarely will you see someone come out and just say yeah we we want to support critical race theory because that those words thankfully that theory at least the explicit version um has been exposed Mm. but still these elements are what's important that you recognize what how they're diagnosing the problem how they're seeing reality and how they want to fix it and really i think at the end of the day What's what's despised most by this BuzzFeed article writer is Dan Cathy's Christian worldview making headway Ooh. into the arts. They hate uh, they hate Chick Fil A because of that same reason. They continue to come after them for that same reason. Um, what they what they don't like is biblical Christianity, and there's a reason because biblical Christianity is directly at odds with critical theory. It's directly yeah. at odds with the Marxist vision. And it stands in the way of Brianna Sachs' vision for humanity. She has a moral framework here. It's it's rootless and it's foundationless, but she has a clear moral framework. And she wants to impose that on people. And what's standing in her way is this biblical Christianity. And so what I want to say to this, I don't I you know, um if if Mr. Kathy ever happens to listen to our little podcast, we have so much respect for you. We, man, you have honored us well, and you, you know, it was amazing to get to come to your gathering at this place yeah. a, a couple of years ago and lead beautiful. worship. And we are with you. We, you know, we will stand with you. You know, we have um, brought, I think, some just criticisms in the past of some of the moves of Chick-fil-A, especially the ones where they stopped funding Salvation Army and um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I thought that was... I, I did not think that was a good thing, and I was really disappointed in that. Um, I do think there's been a couple things since then, too, that I don't think have been the best moves. And what I want to do it, from a humble place is just plead with Mr. Kathy and the board members, the executive board members, to not don't, – don't fall into this trap, please. Don't, don't give one inch to the woke mob. Don't give any breathing room to this critical theory in Marxism. I would, I would encourage you to stop even trying to go after directly diversity. And I would just encourage you to, to stand on biblical principles. If, if you have reason to investigate that there is system, a systemic problem, then investigate it. Yeah. And, and bring, you know, bring the heat where it's, where it's um, justified. 
where you can make a difference in helping people honor each other as human beings do that. That's awesome. And that's amazing. I love the vision for Trilith. It's it's an amazing place. But I will say this, the the woke ideology is a one-way street and it has no stop off. It has no exits. It will not stop until you completely bow to the full agenda and become an ally of this Marxist worldview. There is no, there's no place to kind of placate it in between. And so I just want to encourage, like, it's time for Christians. It's time for us to stiffen our backbones. And it's also time for us to really get a clear biblical worldview, understand biblical justice and the difference between it and social justice and to accurately pick apart these elements and remove them as we try to apply the Christian principles of love for neighbor. And so hopefully this uh, episode has been helpful and in, in just kind of how to break down these articles and, and see the worldviews behind it, the assumptions and the, the presuppositions that are driving the narrative. Uh, it, you know, are some of these things true? Maybe. Um, if, yeah. if certain ones are true, they need to be fixed. Hopefully they'll, they'll work on this. I do know that it's Dan's heart to love people. And I know that if, if there is truth in this, he will, he will get to it and find it and, and work on it. I just pray as, as, as it's being worked on, do not give into the diversity, equity, inclusion movements and, and what they want to do and all the tokenism and all that stuff. Don't be pressured into that. Stand, stand biblically, equal weights and measures, impartiality, love for all, respect for all. Bless you guys. We'll see you next time.